Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hello, guys. Welcome back to The Liz Wheeler Show. The New York Times published a crazy hit piece on Kamala Harris. Maybe not crazy by the standard, by standards if you're comparing The New York Times, how, what type of hit pieces they write against someone like me or someone like Tucker Carlson or someone like Donald Trump. But for The New York Times to take a whack at a Democrat... A Democrat politici politician in a position of power, a Democrat politician as woke and as radically left as Kamala Harris, this is a this is a crazy hit piece. This was the first New York Times article that I've read in I don't know how long that I actually stuck with until the very end, <laughs> that it didn't become so infuriating, so absurd, or so rife with obvious falsehood that it caused me to ditch it before the very end. So I want to read that with you, or at least part of it, a couple select parts, actually. Don't worry, we're not going to read the whole thing. Because the fundamental strategy of the left, of the woke left, is falling apart, or the fundamental strategy of wokeism is falling apart. It might not seem like that because our culture is so rife with wokeism from corporations like Disney and BlackRock to and Target and you know now CVS selling abortion pills to the stuff in schoolrooms, the transgender pronouns and the Black Lives Matter flags to the Ukraine virtue signaling, wokeism, the DEI trainings in everybody's workplace. It's everywhere. It's literally everywhere. It is completely embedded in our culture. It's completely infiltrated. Um, and it, it, it seems like it's just getting worse by the day, but actually that's not the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation is wokeism is about to reach its breaking point. And the New York piece, the New York Times hit piece on Kamala Harris is uh, super insightful about this crisis point that the Democratic Party is about to face. So we're gonna, I wanna walk you through my thought process on this and show you exactly what I mean. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, please do that. If you would, just go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, click the subscribe button. It really helps with um, discoverability on those apps. Other people can discover what we're talking about when you subscribe and when you leave me a review. So it's not just convenient for you. It is convenient, but it's also helpful for other people to discover um, this show and everything that we talk about on YouTube and on Rumble. Hit that subscribe button and on YouTube, ring the bell so I can notify you every day when we have a new episode uh, or a new video or a new interview. We have lots of content over there. Um, and I'm on Rumble at uh, rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler. Also this month, February, today is what, the 7th of February, I believe. Uh, it's Black History Month this month. The left likes to make a big deal about this. This this, this month, and I, I say it in this way because Black History Month, the way that the left presents it, is not about the history of black people. It's not about the history of black people in the United States. It's actually not about race at all if by race you mean skin color. And of course, that's what you and I mean and understand race to mean. That's that's what it means, where you're, where maybe where you were born, maybe just the color of your skin. Um, the left, you'll hear this narrative from the left. It's becoming very popular. It was, um, we heard it uh, in the most egregious way around the, the brutal beatdown of Tyree Nichols by these five Memphis police officers when we were told that these police officers, they were five black men, black-skinned men, 
we were told that they were perpetuating white supremacy against Tyree Nichols, even though Tyree Nichols was black and the officers were black. And it left a lot of people scratching their heads thinking, okay, this is weird. How can something be done out of white supremacy when the, when the people perpetuating this, this crime, this horrible beatdown, were black themselves? So if you zoom out from that narrative, um, you might think, well, the left is just, just, just insulting us, right? Acting like we're not gonna do our due diligence, that we didn't notice that these police officers weren't white men, that they were black men, but that's actually not the case. This was not an accidental narrative by the left. Um, and so if you zoom out here, you'll hear this other narrative coming from the left, and it, it goes something like this. When a conservative or a Republican, uh, we'll just use me for example, when I use the word woke, I use it uh, to describe something. I use it to describe behavior. So if there's a DEI training at work that suggests that instead of using regular pronouns describing a man or a woman, that you use they and them, and I laugh at that and mock that and condemn that because I say that's really woke. That is, that is wokeness. And I, I use this term woke to describe something, and I'm using it to describe something negative. So I'm using it in the insulting sense, in the pejorative sense, and it, that's okay. It's perfectly fine to use the word woke to, in the pejorative sense. But the left says, when a conservative like me uses the term woke in a pejorative sense, that what the conservative actually means is anti-black. Now, this, of course, is not the case. When conservatives use the term woke, they are not talking about race. They are talking about political ideology. Um, but this ties into the narrative that we heard from the left when it came to the brutal beatdown of Tyree Nichols, when they said these five black police officers were perpetuating white supremacy by their the crime that they committed against Tyree Nichols. And this is going to be part, today's episode is gonna be part of a two-part series where we talk about what the left means when they talk like this. Because it's not an accident. It's deliberate. It is a deliberate strategy with a, with a nefarious intended purpose. And you play a vital role in their intended purpose. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that. And then we're also gonna talk about what we can do, fully understanding, once we unpack what this um, this strategy that they're using, what we can do to hijack their strategy and ultimately defeat wokeism. So let's get to it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So let's start with this New York Times hit job on Kamala Harris. It's, it's actually a brutal hit piece. I know compared to what? Well, compared to how they usually fawn and gush over Democrats. But it's pretty, it's, it's hilarious, in fact, because they both hit her, but then they resort to their tried and true woke talking points. So the title of this article is, Kamala Harris is trying to define her presidency. Even her allies are tired of waiting. The article goes, the painful reality for Ms. Harris is that in private conversations over the last few months, 
dozens of Democrats in the White House, on Capitol Hill and around the nation, including some who helped put her on the party's 2020 ticket, said she has not risen to the challenge of proving herself as a future leader of the party, much less the country. Oh man, that is savage. Even some Democrats, whom her own advisors referred reporters to for supportive quotes, confided privately that they had lost hope in her. Through much of the fall, a quiet panic set in among key Democrats about what would happen if President Biden opted not to run for a second term. Most Democrats interviewed, who insisted on anonymity to avoid alienating the White House, (laughs) said flatly that they did not think Ms. Harris could win the presidency in 2024. Some said the party's biggest challenge would be finding a way to sideline her without inflaming key Democratic constituencies that would take offense. So let me just sidebar there for a second. That proves what we said all along, that Joe Biden picked Kamala Harris as his running mate, not because she was qualified, not because she was going to be helpful to him in achieving his agenda once they were in office, but just to convince voters to vote for him based on the color of her skin and her sex, based on the fact that she is a black woman. That's really insulting. Democrats in this article admitted to the New York Times that Kamala Harris was just token. She was a campaign strategy. That's in- We said that at the time and we were called racist and we were called sexist, but now Democrats are admitting it themselves. So the New York Times goes on to say, now with Mr. Biden all but appearing to, or all but certain to run again, the concern over Ms. Harris has shifted to whether she will be a political liability for the ticket. Given that Mr. Biden is 80, at 80 is already the oldest president in American history, Republicans would most likely make Ms. Harris, who is 58, a prime attack line, arguing that a vote for Mr. Biden may in fact be a vote to put her in the Oval Office. Well, That would be a pretty good line of attack, to be honest. But the thing is, the New York Times would not publish a piece like this, this kind of savage hit piece on Kamala Harris, unless this was sanctioned by the highest, the upper echelons of the Democratic Party. This is the first effort by Democrats, the the ruling class, to get rid of Kamala Harris. Because Kamala Harris is a liability. Kamala Harris is actively an anchor on on their political agenda. So it goes on to say, so far, um, Kamala Harris has not distinguished herself. Some 39% of Americans approve of Ms. Harris's job performance according to a recent aggregate of surveys compiled by the polling site 538. This puts her below Mr. Biden's approval rating, which has hovered around 42% for the last month. So pretty hard to beat how dissatisfied people are with Joe Biden, but Kamala Harris does it. Now, the New York Times levies this attack on Kamala Harris. There's there's no way to misinterpret this. They don't like her. They don't think she's doing well. And they want to prevent her from being a leader in the future. They don't want her to be, when, when Biden inevitably steps aside before the 2024 presidential election, they don't want Kamala Harris to step into that void. They're trying to destroy her now so that someone else, like Gavin Newsom probably, can easily step into that spot. They already want her reputation to be destroyed. And they say all of this with pretty valid reasons. She's a terrible candidate. People don't like her. She hasn't done anything. She's not good. She's been a liability on Biden. All of those things are pretty objectively true, regardless of whether you agree with Kamala Harris's ideology or not, which is obvious since I agree with the New York Times on this. But then the New York Times can't help themselves. They immediately pivot to their favorite talking points, that anyone who criticizes Kamala Harris is racist or sexist, and that if we perceive Kamala Harris, if the American people, not just conservatives, 
perceive Kamala Harris as doing a bad job, it must be because she was disadvantaged in her role. She was never given a fair shot because of racism and sexism. This is what they write. Ms. Harris finds herself navigating the unique dynamics of being a woman of color in a job previously filled only by men. In planning meetings before she travels abroad, officials from foreign governments have proposed meetings or public appearances with the first lady of the country Ms. Harris is visiting. Her staff rebuffs those proposals, saying the vice president is not visiting as a spouse, but as the second ranking official of the United States, according to current and former White House officials. That's So that's the sexism thing. Ms. Harris has at times expressed hesitation to become the face of certain issues too. When the Biden administration confronted a shortage of baby formula across the nation last year, Ms. Harris declined a request by the West Wing to highlight efforts to solve the problem by meeting a shipment of formula at Washington Dulles International Airport. This was first reported by the Washington Post. Instead, Jill Biden, the first lady, ended up appearing alongside the Surgeon General when the shipment arrived from overseas. And it was not until nearly a month later, Ms. Harris did agree to meet one of the shipments. So you remember the baby formula shortage, this crisis. Moms across the country were freaking out. They were worried they wouldn't be able to feed their babies. And Kamala Harris was so worried that people might associate her with being a woman that she refused to publicize this and on behalf of the Biden administration and be part of the solution. Kind of striking, right? And then, of course, at the same time that she doesn't want to be involved in these so-called women's issues, she is a heavy promoter of abortion on demand. So we see what Kamala Harris is. Kamala Harris is failing at her job, not because of racism, not because of sexism, but because the fundamental strategy of the woke left is failing. And Kamala Harris just happens to be their poster child. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So now that it is mid-February, almost mid-February, beginning to mid, we're right at that, that hybrid point, uh, it's Black History Month. Black History Month. Now, Black History Month is not about highlighting the history of Black people. It's not about highlighting the history of black people in the United States. In fact, it it shouldn't, real black history should not be separate from any other kind of history. Neither should should women's history or gay history. History is simply history, um, and it should not be compartmentalized by identity. This is something that people playing identity politics do, um, which of course the left is famous for playing identity politics. But Black History Month is about something far more insidious than simply playing identity politics. And this is best exemplified in two ways. And we will tie this, we will tie this into the larger picture, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, when the left says that conservatives using the word woke actually mean it, 
uh, as anti-black when conservatives are really using the word woke to describe radical leftist neo-Marxist policies, there's a reason that they're saying that. There's a reason that they are making that allegation. And it's not just because they hope that people will be too stupid to notice. It's because, in a sense, the way that they mean it, the way that they define their words, they're actually right. So first, before we get into explaining what that means, because that should leave a big question mark in your mind, Nicole Hannah-Jones is the author of the 1619 Project, the New York Times, very famous, ahistorical, um, revisionist history piece. It's, it's, it's critical race theory personified. It's been widely debunked because the premise of the 1619 Project is that um, America, the United States of America, is built on slavery, that we are irredeemable because every fiber of our being is intricately tied to slavery and to racism. Therefore, every institution in our country, even if it's not racist now, or the people running it aren't racist now because it's standing on the shoulders of, uh, of either a conception, meaning it, it was built from slavery or back in the day, the people who built it were, were slave owners. It cannot separate itself from this, this, this stain um, uh, of racism, of slavery. And the point of all of this is to, is to demonize the United States, is to say, well, if it's irredeemable, then we have to tear it down and we have to rebuild it into something else. And of course, there's something else that these people, like Nicole Hannah-Jones, um, they the something else that they want is they want Marxist ideology embedded into our nation. Um, so that, that's the first part of the premise. The second part of the premise of the 1619 Project is just a it's just a historical lie. It's, it's something that's provably not true. And um, first, I want to hear you. I want you to hear Nicole Hannah-Jones, the author, talking about Black History Month on MSNBC. Take a listen to this. Every time that you've done something like this with the 1619 Project, have conversations about race, actual honest conversations about race, we see this backlash. And we've continued to see a backlash from certain parts of this country as we've had, as black people have tried to say, hey, no, let us into this conversation about history because black history is American history. So I guess talk about continuing to do this work as that backlash continues and you start seeing it at the highest levels of government. Yes, it's, it's become very predictable now. So, you know, now that the documentary series is out and we are seeing the same kind of um, backlash being ginned up, uh, my response to it is we've already been there. What else, what else can you possibly <laughs> say that hasn't been said? But I, I think there's something uh, much more central happening, which is that. Uh, the history of black Americans is so inconvenient to the, the narrative of America that there are, you know, powerful interests that haven't ever wanted us to grapple truthfully. That's why we have uh, Governor DeSantis banning AP African American studies um, in Florida. That's why we have all these so-called anti-critical race theory laws that are trying to make it more difficult to teach about racism and to teach about um, what black Americans have experienced. Because if you acknowledge that, then you have to acknowledge that that we were founded on these great ideals, but we have not lived up to them. So to me, the backlash is a sign of the impact. The backlash is a sign um, you know, of, of who doesn't want us to be grapple honestly with our history. And the reason that is, is if we are more honest about our history, then we choose different policies, right? Then we understand that so much of the inequality we see has been architected and that if we want to undo it, we can. Okay, 
So you hear this argument from Nicole Hannah-Jones, who I assume knows that she's lying. She knows that she's propagating a falsehood. And the second premise on which the 1619 Project is built, this, this historical inaccuracy, is this contention that she makes that the founding fathers or the American revolutionaries staged the, the Revolutionary War, the war for independence against the British crown, because, because, not, not for independence, but because they wanted to protect the institution of slavery. There's no historical basis for this. This is not true. In fact, even historians who are on the left have, have fact-checked her, have, have given her the, this is false, this is not true. She made this up. This is an invention, this is a lie. And the purpose of this lie, it, it wasn't an accident. It's not because she's ignorant. The purpose of this lie was manipulation. The purpose of this lie is to conflate, conflate black history with Marxist ideology. And this, this is where we get into the, the strategy of the left, what they're doing with Black History Month. Because when, when Nicole Hannah-Jones, when we hear her say those words, talking about Governor DeSantis in Florida, for example, and how he... Um, is prohibiting this AP African-American studies course from being taught in Florida public high schools because it's not actually about black history. It is critical race theory, meaning it is neo-Marxist ideology that uses race as the dividing factor to, to try to serve as the vanguard of a Marxist revolution. Those two things are not the same thing, right? But Nicole Hannah-Jones and others uh, on the left, on the neo-Marxist left, have rebranded the word or redefined the word black. And when they say black, they mean neo-Marxist ideology that they think all black people must embrace if they want to be quote unquote authentically politically black. That's why they claim that teaching critical race theory or that anti-critical race theory laws are anti-black because they have simply redefined a term. You and I understand the word black in, as it relates to race to mean someone with, with black skin. That is not what Nicole Hannah-Jones means. That is not what MSNBC means. That is not what the 1619 Project means. That is not what the New York Times means. This is, this is a much, a very, very radically leftist worldview, a worldview that Kamala Harris embraced. And we're gonna circle back to that in a minute. But if you go to the website of the Smithsonian Institute, this is the federal government, right? If you go to the National Museum of African American History and you go to their page on, it's called Talking About Race. What's the URL? So you can go to the URL. Um, it's Talking About Race, Topics, Whiteness. So you go to their, their page on whiteness and this is what they write. At the National Museum of African American History and Culture, we believe that any productive conversation on race must start with honesty, respect for others, and an openness to ideas and information that provide new perspectives. So the premise of this entire page tells you almost all you need to know right away, an openness to ideas and information that provide new perspectives. They are conditioning you to change your political ideology based on their redefinition of the words white and the words black. This is what they say. Whiteness and white racialized identity, this is the federal government refer to the way that white people, their customs, culture, and beliefs operate as the standard by which all other groups are compared. Whiteness is also at the core of understanding race in America. Whiteness and the normalization of white racial identity throughout America's history have created a culture where non-white persons are seen as inferior 
or abnormal. This white dominant culture also operates as a social mechanism that grants advantages to white people since they can navigate society both feeling normal and being viewed as normal. Persons who identify as white rarely have to think about their racial identity because they live within a culture where whiteness has been normalized. Now you'll notice here, they're obviously talking about white privilege and white guilt and white fragility and all of this, all of this um, anti-racist nonsense. And anti-racist, I'm, I'm using the term that they use for essentially critical race theory. But this phrase particularly stuck out at me. Persons who identify as white. Well, there you have it right there. Because it shouldn't matter. It, it, it's, it's like male and female, right? You either are male or you are female. It doesn't matter if you suffer from a gender disorder. That doesn't change your basic biology. That's the same with race. You, are, you either have white skin or you have black skin, or maybe you have some combination of different, of different uh, racial parentage, but you can't identify as something that you're not. You either are or you're not. But because the left uses this phrase, persons who identify as white, they are, they're tipping their hand to us. They're showing us their cards. They're telling us, well, white isn't a thing. White isn't a skin color. White isn't an amount of melanin in your skin. White isn't an immutable characteristic. White is something that is the equivalent of a political ideology. And there we start to say, oh, okay. So when we hear the white, when we hear the left say, say without saying, or, you know, show us these clues that infer that race, whether it's whiteness or blackness, is a political ideology, then going all the way back to the beginning of the show when I said the left has started accusing conservatives who use the word woke as being anti-black, even though when we use the word woke, we're generally referring to like DEI and political correctness and transgender pronouns and um, stuff that doesn't have anything to do with race, it starts to make sense because in their minds, race isn't race, race is a political ideology. Now this is, a, this is a very evil thing. This is a very evil, manipulative tactic that the left is pushing on us because they're doing this knowing that it will trick a lot of people. Knowing that if you contradict their ideology, they can blame racism by blaming your whiteness or by blaming institutional white supremacy when actual racism has nothing to do with it, they are first just making a lot of people feel unnecessarily and unfairly unjustly ashamed since it's a good thing that no one wants to be racist and people actively avoid trying to, um, trying to not even partake, but unintentionally partake in anything that, that's racist. But it makes a lot of people feel ashamed when the left blames racism, but the left does that on purpose as a manipulation tactic so that they can convince people to adhere to the leftist ideology that has nothing to do with not being a racist. They've just rebranded these racial terms as political ideologies in themselves. I know it sounds kind of complicated, but everything the left does and says makes sense if you think about it through this lens. You can think about the Tyree Nichols, the, the brutal police beating of Tyree Nichols when the left blamed these five black police officers as perpetuating white supremacy. Well, how can that be if these police officers were black and there was no indication that there was any racial hatred that was present in this crime that they committed against Tyree Nichols? Well, the left still says that 
it's it's um, that it's a crime begot of whiteness. Uh, that the institution of police is a is a institution built on white supremacy because they don't view these terms whiteness and blackness, white and black, as being just an immutable characteristic. They view them as being a political ideology. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. This is an incredibly effective tactic from the left. It convinces a lot of people to support Democrats because, not because these people are supportive of Democrat policies or share the Democrats' ideology, but because it turns people against the Republican Party out of fear that the Republican Party is racist and any association with the Republican Party tinges them with racism. And it's right here, right now, that this strategy, this this pyramid of wokeness that the left has built begins to fall apart. And it's here that we see why Kamala Harris is the poster child for why that is. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So we have, we're back to Kamala Harris and the New York Times and their kind of crazy hit piece against Kamala Harris, which is a turning point. This is a pivotal moment in the Democrats' 2024 strategy. The Democrats and the legacy media, the corporate media that is controlled by the Democratic Party, does not want Kamala Harris to be part of their party. They do not want Kamala Harris to be a leader in their party. Why is this? It's because Kamala Harris embodies this conundrum that Democrat that, that's making Democrats panic. Democrats at the elected level, the ruling class, the Democratic Party apparatus, the Democrat leadership in the House of Representatives, the Democrat leadership in the Senate, and the Biden administration and everybody in his executive agencies, every political appointee in his executive agencies are super radically left. They are very, very leftist. They are ideologically committed to far left, I don't even wanna call them principles and values, I'll call them tenets. We're talking Antifa, Black Lives Matter, riots, 1619 Project, lies, revisionist history, critical race theory, transing kids in schools, teachers unions, all kinds of policies that the average Democrat voter doesn't like and doesn't support. So this is the conundrum the Democratic Party faces. They have a very radically leftist ideology, but their voters don't. And so how do they balance their governance when they want to be as radically left as possible, but in order for, for, in order for them to um, attain those votes from those voters again, they can't be so radically left that they turn off their voters. It's a constant balancing act. This is, this is what Kamala Harris embodies. 
Kamala Harris is very radically left and she's very open about this. Think about her, her support of abortion. Kamala Harris actively chose to give a speech on the anniversary of Roe v. Wade in support of abortion, in support of abortion for black women who are targeted by the abortion industry because they are black. The abortion industry has, a, has an underbelly of eugenics. Kamala Harris openly supports abortion on demand until the moment of birth and at the same time will not support from her position of power in the White House moms across the country who were suffering from a baby formula shortage. This does not go unnoticed by voters. When Kamala Harris is appointed border czar and she does nothing and we see crime going up in our cities, we see this invasion at the southern border that Kamala Harris was supposed to take care of and she just didn't because she doesn't believe in it. This is off-putting, not just to Republicans, but to the Democrat voters who are needed to put Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or the more likely alternative, perhaps Gavin Newsom, in the White House in 2024. Now, the, the Biden administration or the Biden campaign at the time got away with Kamala Harris in 2020 because Kamala Harris was a failed candidate. She ran for president herself, but in the primary, she failed to obtain any support. She got less than 3% of Democrat primary voter support. That's like epic failure levels. But they, the Biden campaign got away with using her without it being a liability because they just used her as a token. They used her as a racial token and they used her as, as a sexual token sexual token, and I, I refuse to use the word gender anymore. So they used her because she's a woman and because she's black. And this was virtue signaling. They got a lot of, of their woke supporters to support her and therefore the Biden ticket because she's black and because she's a woman. But now that it's not a novelty anymore, even Democratic voters see Kamala Harris's radical positions. Her positions are under scrutiny and people think she sucks because she does, because she's a radical leftist. And all of this is really good news for our side. It's really good news for the culture wars because most of the people, most of these Democratic voters who want school choice, even when the Democratic leadership opposes it, who want the border secure, even when the Democratic leadership opposes it, who don't want critical race theory in schools, even when the Democratic leadership does, who don't want kids trans, even when the Democratic leadership does, these people might be water carriers. They're carrying water for the Democrats right now because the Democrats convinced them to vote for the Democratic ticket, mostly on that argument that if they associated, if these voters instead chose Republicans and associated with a Republican brand, then they would be tinged with racism. And this frightened a lot of people away from voting for Republicans. Um, but these water carriers, these Democrat voters have a breaking point. They, they have a point which is, hey, wait a second. You have gotten the Democrat leadership, the Democrat politicians, the Biden administration, Kamala Harris has gotten so extreme and they've lied so much and they've perpetuated policies that harm me to the extent that I no longer am going to carry water for the Democrats. An example, a couple of examples of this would be the Black Lives Matter riots of 2020. When the mainstream media and the Democrats said these were mostly peaceful protests, that this was for racial justice, 
And the American people saw cities in flames, private businesses vandalized and burned and looted, and the Democrats justifying this, this damage to property that has nothing to do with police by saying this is racial justice. The American people were like, that's a huge turnoff of the Democratic Party. If that's what the Democratic Party stands for, then I'm not, I'm not going to vote for them. I'm not going to support that because I don't support that. I oppose that. Antifa and their, and their violent tactics were another huge turnoff for the left when they established their own little not-America city, their own little lawless anarchy, the American people, and thought they turned to the Democratic Party and the Democrats were like, Antifa's not a real thing. It's just an idea. This isn't, this isn't real. Meanwhile, there was like murders in Antifa's little kingdom that they set up in Portland. And transing of kids is the third thing. People, a lot of Democrat voters are like, sure, we, we support you know, gay marriage. Sure, we want tolerance and inclusion and yada, yada, yada. But then they see the Demo- then they see the Democratic leadership supporting transing surgeries for children and puberty blocker hormones and cross-sex hormones for young people. And they think, I don't support this. I don't support Drag Queen Story Hour. That the Democrats have gotten so radical that they're turning off part of their base. And this has brought, this has brought the Democratic Party to a crisis point. And the good news for us is that the culture war is an extremely powerful tool to invite these disaffected Democratic voters to leave the Democratic Party and join the Republican Party. Because the exposure to the extreme part of the Democratic Party is what turns off Democratic voters from Democratic politicians. If Democratic voters just listen to the politicians, they might buy into it. They might cast their vote for those politicians. But if Democratic voters see the policies the Democrat politicians support and propagate, abortion, transgenderism, critical race theory, an open border, crime in inner cities, doing nothing about any of it, they don't like it. They don't like it. That's why it's so important to highlight things like what happened at the Grammys. I mean, we have we have a video and I'm going to I'm going to give a warning here for anybody who has children in the area. Maybe you already saw this, but when singer Sam Smith and some man who calls himself Kim uh, was transed at 16 years old, when they put on this performance dressed as the devil surrounded by demons and people see this, a lot of conservatives might have a reaction and say, I already know that this stuff is garbage. Why do we need to be talking about this? But the fact of the matter is, this is, this is why these cultural things, these, these institutions that have been captured by the left, like Hollywood, like the music industry, this is why it's so important to actually showcase this to voters. It's not because maybe you don't need to see this. Maybe you already know that the left has compromised people to the point where it's, it's I mean, I, when I watched this video, it actually made me sick to my stomach. Like I actually watched this and thought of innocent little children watching the Grammys or watching this video on Twitter and, and it made me feel, it made me wanna throw up. But it's incredibly important that we share this and that people, that adults see this because most adults find this really upsetting. And this is where I do want to show you the video so you know what I'm talking about. Take a look at this.
Now you might be like, I have no idea who that guy is. I have no idea who that other guy is. Kim Petras, by the way, I forgot the last name of the other dude. Um, Kim Petras is a transgender who, born male, transitioned at 16 to quote unquote female, now identifies as a woman named Kim. You might be thinking, I don't know who these people are and I don't care and I don't wanna see this disturbing this disturbing performance. And I hear you, I feel you, I see you, I, I get it. I totally get it. But at the same time, um, this is this is what children are intaking. This is what's being embedded in their minds. This is what's being embedded in their psyche. This is what's being embedded in their hearts and in their souls. These, these demons are teaching our children to worship Satan. And if we don't do anything about it, they will be successful. This is something that it's not just a feeling that people on the right feel. This is shared by a lot of other people, a lot of Democrat voters who voted Democrat because they didn't want to be tinged with the racism that Democrats told them they would be if they associated with Republicans, but they agree on these things. And those people need to be shown this, how extreme the left is. Because I posted that video on Twitter when, right after the Grammys happened. And my Twitter, two, this is like two days later, my Twitter feed is still blowing up. My mentions are blowing up with leftists defending this. Leftists saying that they like this. Leftists denying Christ. I mean, that's even a whole different religious level here. But leftists are embracing this. So show everyday Democratic voters exactly how radical the left has become, and they won't be interested in carrying water for the left anymore. This is Harry Styles, uh, British boy band singer Harry Styles. This is what he showed up to, uh, to the Grammys wearing. That's not normal. That's, that's not normal. It's, it's a woman looking overall jumper set cut down to almost his navel. And, and what do you think causes this, right? Like you look at this picture of him dressed like a girl, what causes this? The answer is grooming causes this. He is the manifestation of the grooming that we see in our culture. Lizzo, Lizzo, uh, this is what she wore to the Grammys. She wore a gigantic red afghan over her head. I mean, she looks like a humongous Furby, but we're told, we're told by the left that if we notice that Lizzo is humongously fat and call her obese, which is the medically correct term for someone who is extremely overweight in the way that she is, that the word obese is a slur the same as the N-word. This, this is what we're told by the radical left. Most people don't agree with either of these three things. They don't agree with a satanic dance. They don't agree with men dressing like women. And they don't agree that if you notice that a famous person is morbidly obese, that you are the same as a horrible racist calling her the N-word. That, that's, it's beyond what the vast, vast, vast majority of even Democrat voters are willing to tolerate. They might be water carriers. They might have served this person in the past, or this, this party in the past, this purpose in the past, but they are not ideologues. They are not committed to the Marxist ideology so the more they are exposed to the reality of the radical left's toxic culture, the better. Because it will drive more Democrat voters away from the Democratic Party. Kamala Harris is the perfect example of this because the people reject her. Why? Because she, the Democrat people reject her. Why? Because she is too far to the left. That's not what they want. The Democrats' fundamental woke strategy is near its breaking point. Kamala Harris just happens to be the latest example of watching that unfold. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.